Welcome to another episode of Life After Life with me, Sandy Byrne. And today, on this cold February day, I have joining me from Honolulu. No, not Honolulu. What did you call it? It's Hawaii anyway. Honolulu, Hawaii. It is Honolulu, Hawaii. Sorry. Yep. My geography isn't great. I have Pamela Johnson joining me all the way from Hawaii. I don't even want to ask her how warm it is over there because it is freezing cold in Ireland today. <laughs> and I would be so jealous. <laughs> yes, it's so, actually rather warm. Yeah, today. I can imagine. Pamela, I would quite happily come over to Hawaii and interview you in person. Come on over, Sandy. <laughs> I've got a spare room. Oh, that would be amazing. I would Anytime. love that. Maybe someday. I'm serious. Someday. Um, so first of all, let me introduce you because Pamela um, and I am meeting her along with all of you. So I haven't done extensive research. I want this to be very natural for this episode because Pamela has an amazing message that I want all of you who have lost a spouse to hear. Okay, spouse, life partner, whatever you want to call it. Um, because Pam, and I should say to you that I'm very sorry for your loss. Pam lost her husband, Alan, at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. Okay, now it wasn't COVID related, I believe, but um, he had been ill, I think, beforehand. But you lost him during the pandemic. So take our sympathies, um, Pamela. I know that you've built up a relationship with him. And this is why we're here talking today. So what I ask of everybody, Pamela, uh, when they come onto the podcast, if it's okay with you, could you tell us a little bit about your background? Because we're, I'm very conscious that people think that us mediums were born, you know, with some special power or special gift. And I'm mad for everybody to know that connecting with spirit is something that, you know, you develop throughout your lifetime. So would you mind telling us a bit about your background and how you got into mediumship? Sure. Sure. Um, I'm born and raised in Hawaii. My maternal grandmother was actually a psychic medium, but I never found out about it until I opened up. And I was shocked because all my life, I, I lived a very ordinary life, as I told you, Sandy. I mean, I mean, as normal as anybody, you know, like almost like leave it to beaver or whatever. If you're, if you're, if you're that age and you remember that or whatever. Um, but anyway, I, I was totally shocked when I took a class about learning to channel and became immersed in channeling my guides. And I started hearing spirit then. Okay, not a moment. Well, that's not true. I did hear spirit a couple times before that, but I thought I was, that was strange, right? And I actually found now that a lot of people have had strange experiences like that. And that is, can be spirit knocking on the door and you're, you're having to be in the right place and you hear something, experience something, right? But, but that said, I lived a very ordinary life. I just felt really drawn to channeling. It made me happy. I felt this love and peace that I never had felt before. And I got really immersed in that. And it changed my life because I opened up fully. I had a spiritually transformative experience where I literally went to sleep one night and woke up different. And I later found out years later that, yeah, that's a spiritually transformative experience. And people can have that. They could have that just from meditating for uh, intensely. And in my case, it was through channeling. But my childhood was spent in Hawaii 
again, really ordinary, nothing remarkable. But when I looked back later, I realized that everything had been orchestrated down to when I took a job about a, two years or so before I opened up, I was sitting next to a woman who I later found out was a channeler. But I had no idea. This is back in the late 80s. I had no idea what that was. And she never became a friend. But we happened to be working together one night late. We had to close the restaurant we were working in. And she said, well, hey, do you want, do you want to experience something I do called channeling? And I thought, okay, whatever that is, right? So we go into the manager's office because we're rocking by ourselves she sits in a chair she goes in a trance and she starts talking and this her voice changes this energy comes through and something in me just felt like that was authentic you know i just felt like this feels right and so later maybe a month later or two i can't remember somebody invited me to go hear what we thought was going to be a psychic at, uh -huh. at somebody's house and it turned out the person was a channel and she still channels to this day, and she was in, in uh, here you know, on the island to teach a channeling workshop. And again, I thought, well, this is kind of cool. I don't understand it completely, but this feels good to me. And I, I wanted to sign up, but it cost $250. This is like in 87. Now, that's a lot of money in 1987, and a lot of yes. people here would still say that's a lot of money. money. But back in 87, right, that's like over 37 yes. years ago, that's a lot of money. So I thought, well, I can't afford that. I didn't have the money. There's no way I couldn't yeah. have money. And I went home, and uh, for some reason, my mother asked me what, you know, about where I went. And I said, I went to this house, and I saw this person. She went into a trance, and she did this thing. And I wish I could take this workshop. And now, mind you, my mom is, was very, again, very ordinary. She wasn't into any of this stuff. I mean, and, and so she, she looked at me, and she goes, you want to take this workshop? She says, I feel like that would be good for you. And I go, what? Really? Says, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the money. Oh, bless you. Now, my mother never gave us money okay my mother was tight with her money okay if i wanted frugal. a soft touch I'd go to my yeah she's frugal no i think she's tight with her but anyway <laughs> my dad was the soft touch but i couldn't go to my father who completely would think i'm nuts and say mm -hmm. can i have money to go to this channeling workshop? <laughs> so i knew forget that right my mom said no i'll give you the money she didn't say i'll lend you the money she said i'll give you the money and i said why she said, because something tells me that you should go. And I said, well, I can't get off of work. You know, this was like a Wednesday or something. And I had to take the class on a Friday. And I worked in a restaurant. And I was scheduled to work two of the three days of the workshop. Impossible practice almost to get off at last minute if you're working in a really busy restaurant at that time. And so she said, well, if you can get off of work, take the workshop. So I said, all right, I'll go to work. I ask around, ask around, no, 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 everybody's, no, I'm busy, no, I'm busy. And this guy, one waiter hears me and he says, what are you trying to do? I said, I want to get off on Friday and Saturday. Oh, I'll take your shifts. I said, what? Aww. He says, yeah, I took off because I was going to this party thing, but it's not happening now, so I'd rather work. So he picked up my shifts on a Thursday. He said, I'll take oh, your shifts, yes. right? So I had this whole block of time, plus I had the day off after the workshop. So I went and I later realized that was all set up. It was all a setup. It was all an orchestration. And as you know, right, the other side sets things up. And so, so I took that workshop, loved it, 
dove into it. I really, I think I'm the only person from that original workshop that, that took off with it. And I was probably the most new person to the whole, the whole thing. I completely had no understanding of anything about metaphysics, but my guides started, once I opened up, they started to teach me and they would work on me and they would, um, if somebody asked me a question, I'd hear the answer. So I became clear, a strongly clear cognizant, as you probably know what that is. It's just, I know what I know without knowing how I know. And so uh, that's how it just opened up. So when I met my husband, you know, he was a psychic medium who was traveling the world doing readings. And he had, at that time, kind of eased away from his business. He was a very successful entrepreneur in the UK, in Market Harbor, near Leicester, sure, in that area. And he was traveling um, from Hong Kong and going to the US and he stopped here. So that's how I met him. But he was the one who grew up feeling spirits because he was a natural born medium. So we'd feel them when he was a child and it scared him. And he would hit his head on the wall to get his mother to come and be with him because he scared him so much. He'd feel his body expand and shrink and feel spirits around him. And so he was quite psychic, but he was actually very skeptical of mediumship all his life because he knew being as strongly psychic as he always was, was that, well, how do I know I'm really talking to the dead and I'm not just reading them? Because he knew that he could just read the spirit like they're standing right there because they're not dead, right? It'd be like him reading your best friend who's standing right there. He could tell you all about the person. It's like he knew there was no difference. So he said the you're just trusting the medium is actually talking to the deceased and not just gleaning information from their aura, from their being, because they're not dead. So he was kind of reluctant to do mediumship, but spirits would still come knocking <laughs> Mm -hmm. and and he preferred doing psychic readings primarily and now when he went to the other side the first thing you know when he came back to me he said yeah a lot of a lot of mediums not all there's some wonderful mediums no get we're, we're not against mediums he, he says a lot of mediums don't understand that they're actually reading the dead he yeah. said and he was seeing that from the other side he's seeing <laughs> he's seeing that yeah. he said so you know that's that's okay for those of us who want to connect with them ourselves because we can be our own medium. And, and though going to medium can obviously help confirm that they've survived death, after a while, what else can they tell you? You know, if they told you everything about their passing, if you have questions about that, um, at some point, mediumship readings don't cut it. Like, you're not going to have direct contact if you keep going to a medium. You're just going to have relayed information that's not interaction. And so what I've experienced, especially since writing our book, which chronicles our unfolding journey to heal our relationship because we had issues. First of all, we had issues to work out. And then, and then me overcoming my doubt because even though I was a professional intuitive channel, I'm human. So I just thought, what can I tell I'm not making this up and we had to I had to gradually just get used to this whole way of living with him now where I just feel him like almost like this is energy wrapped around me and sometimes it just gets stronger and sometimes it's it was always there and I had to learn how to channel him and I did and and then be able to communicate and that's writing the book helped us 
really connect even stronger that way. But, you know, but it was unfold unfolding journey. And so I want to assure people that they can do that too, but it's not easy on your own. Um, he actually, that's why he asked me to create uh, a Facebook group in where I would share my story and connect with other people. And I really don't think I could have gone as far as I did if I didn't have that support of the amazing souls in our group. And now primarily our group is for spouses and partners who are trying to connect through the veil because those are the relationships that we're more likely to continue if both sides want to because as much as we might love a parent, a child, or another family member, those are not primary relationships, you know. Those souls, even on their side, they'll have their own partner, you know, either still in a body or on the other side, right? So, so it's those primary relationships that have, a, let's just say, a, a stronger likelihood of continuing. Plus, plus, we're motivated, right? Because that's our partner. That may be the only person we're really going to love in this life. And and while not everyone's going to do this, nor should they do it, you know, um, I just want the world to know people have options. <laughs> you know, it's not, it is possible. I'm saying ordinary people make connections, okay? They're not profoundly psychic. They become more psychic because as we reach to the other side, we raise up our consciousness. But there's a lot of work to be done. You've got to heal your limiting beliefs. You've got to clear any trauma or issues because your vibration has got to rise up as I'm sure you understand, Sandy, it's all about vibration, you know, so if you're really down here low and you're angry at yourself and you're, you're feeling you don't have any self-love and all that, it's really hard. They can, they can kind of make contact initially because they've got that residual energy from being still, being here. And then when they fully transition, though, that's pretty much pulled out. And, and so contact comes down to us now like we have to work on ourselves to raise our vibration so that's why Alan told me to start teaching people how to do that because I've, I've always been a healer as well as an intuitive so and and I'm well let's say versed in a lot of different modalities so in the academy that we created the supernatural love academy we group coach people and and have this community and a lot of people are making great progress in connecting with their loved ones, resolving their fears, their issues, because we work on that too. We help people, you know, just let go of what's in their way so that not only they can connect with their loved ones, but they can just be happier in overall in their life. You know, so, so, uh, so while everyone I think can do this if they really feel guided to and it really feels right to them, I, I just want people to know, I don't want to sugarcoat it. You know, this is not this is not a straightforward journey. There's a lot of peaks and valleys and uh, to it. It's it's not a straight up <laughs> progression. And I mean, we need support. But it's, what is the alternative, right, um, to me? If, if this is really your primary partner and you feel guided to do that and you're willing to do the inner work, you, your life can transform in so many ways in addition to continuing to have that love from your loved ones in spirit. Hope that wow. answers your question. Maybe more than you want to ask for. <laughs> no, that's fine. I have a list of questions. But I don't need to ask them now. <laughs> okay. But that's good. But there is so much to, to unfold in there. So right. let me take a step back because, okay, so you've given us the background and where you are now. 
But I want to delve deeper because I know that your primary function or what you're really hoping to do is to help spouses to continue their relationship with their spouse partner when one of you is, yep. is in the spirit world, right? And even as you say, and you've said it yourself, you know, you and Ellen, you didn't have the best relationship, you know, before he, he passed. Um, but it's actually better now than it was, you know. Oh, yeah. At the end Are of you kidding? Life. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should kill my husband and see if the relationship is better. I'm joking. <laughs> um, so I suppose the the question that's on the tip of my tongue when I hear that, because like that's so powerful. Um, first of all, he came through the day after his passing, okay, which is amazing. I would never advise somebody to go for a reading so soon after a passing, but obviously he was a medium, you're a medium, you can co co connect with each other. Can I ask you, first of all, how did he come through? How did he make himself known to you on that first okay. day after his passing? I started, he started putting music in my mind. I started hearing songs playing. Um, one song that he made play in my head for two days straight was Phil Collins singing A Groovy Kind of Love. Yeah. <laughs> I'd wake up in the morning and a song would be in my mind and then go on all day unless I was talking to somebody or, you know. But otherwise, it was there until I went to sleep. And the, and the morning was there again. And I thought, okay, I know this is not me. I know this is you. And, and, but with him, with Alan, and I think with every spirit, he says it can be different, obviously. They're all different. Yeah. But with him, he was, I felt this love just wash over me that I wasn't expecting because, you know, I'm grieving. And I feel this, it would be, it would be so visceral, so real, I couldn't deny it. And I, I kind of heard him talking to me, but he communicated strongly through music. And when he put that, so that first song he put in my head, Groovy Kind of Love, I'd play, after that I would play it and I'd feel all these goosebumps. They'd feel all these tingles. At first it was very subtle. I mean, really yeah. subtle. Now he really loves to communicate, connect through music. So when I play, I have a whole playlist, like 200 songs or something that he's given me many of them. So when I play it, it's not all the songs, but many of them, I'll feel again, like all this, this tingles and it's strong. It's like, sometimes I got to sit down like, okay, okay. I know you're really <laughs> passionate today. Are you really happy today? Like who? So I told people, you can't make that up. No. I've taught, I taught one class with him after, well, the pandemic had kind of quieted down a little bit in Honolulu, and a friend asked me to teach something in his shop here locally, and I said, okay, so I taught to a small group. They're all spaced out because of the pandemic, right? They got masks on, and I'm teaching. <laughs> and at one point, everybody, almost in unison, goes, oh, my God, I, have, I feel goosebumps. And I go, that's Alan. I knew that was Alan. Mm -hmm. And one gal was a medium, and she said, she said, well, maybe it's air conditioning. And I look at her, she, she goes, no, it's not the air conditioning. <laughs> she goes, because they all felt it at one time when I was talking about him, right? So, so he comes in a lot with songs, a lot of the goosebumps. And, I, and, I, and he said to me, stop talking to our friend Swati, who I write about in our book. She's, to me, she's very wise and she's completely clairvoyant. She can see spirits. She can talk to people. She could see Alan and talk to Alan. And I was asking her all the time, obviously, right? Like anyone would do if your friend is a medium. It's like, well, what is he saying? What is he saying? And he said, would you stop asking her what I'm saying? You will never learn to talk to me. If you go to mediums, you need to just listen, talk and listen, talk and listen. 
don't worry if you think you're making it up. It doesn't matter. Just keep doing it because it will get stronger as you just keep practicing and trusting, right? So I teach that to our students. I said, trust is the biggest challenge. Okay, you have to just go all in and believe because he showed me that when I believed, it like allowed him to get stronger. Whereas when I doubted, it's like closed down the field. So it's not helping. You know, as soon as we say, I'm making it up, it just pinches off the connection. And that thought, well, because thoughts manifest, that thought becomes lodged again. It can become that that fear becomes bigger and he goes, you have to stop doing it. You have to just start affirming, saying that you hear me because you are. He says, are you going to get it 100%? No. He goes, most psychics don't get anything 100%. What are you talking about? That's not about you get it perfect. It's that you hear enough that you get confirmation. Oh, yeah, that's you. Okay, and also he started to tease me and say, you really think I'm going to go through all this trouble to connect with you, talk to Swati, say this and that, and really, really trying to prove to me. And then let you talk to yourself. Mm. You really think I'm going to do that? And he says, and you know, you of all people know that spirit constantly puts thoughts in people's heads. Yeah. Because they've done that to you. And I go, right. He said, it is easy for the other side to speak to us in our minds. What's hard is for us to believe it and then trust it, but that's how they attempt to influence us, help us, not influence in a negative way, right? Because yeah. they're not, ha have no ill will ever, but that's how they try to guide people to that invention, to support somebody, to save somebody, to do something. They do that all day. He says, they do that all day, every day. You know, benevolent spirits are trying to help. He says, so why would I let you talk to yourself? <laughs> Yeah, and if you're thinking nice. something or that I said something that is not correct, he says, I'll make that clear to you, either directly or through somebody else. He said, you don't have to worry. Let it go. So, so I did. And now it's just the way I live. And I have worked with a lot of clients and students who, for them, that's the way they live too. Okay? And some of them are having more remarkable, intense connections than I have. Because we're all different. Everybody's relationship is different the spirit on the other side they're unique they're different some are stronger than others to come through the veil um, some of us right are, are more open and more clear emotionally less distortions than others so that's going to help so everybody's different and you can never compare yourself to anybody else for that reason but everybody can get some sort of contact and if they don't believe that I always say to our students, that's where you got to start because beliefs create everything. So if you don't believe this is possible, yeah, it's not possible for you. If you believe it is, now you're on your way. Okay, and now you got to keep believing. So that's, that's the challenge because the conscious physical mind is programmed to doubt this. It's never going to accept this. The most we can hope for is that our conscious mind will just chill out a little bit and, you know, be quiet a little bit. But to expect your logical mind to say, oh, yeah, this makes sense. And, of course, you can. Never going to happen. It's not created for that purpose. And it's all usually driven by survival instinct also. So it's afraid of what you're doing. Because it knows that that's strange, or it knows that, or believes, actually, that that's not accepted by society. So it's saying, well, that's dangerous. You don't want to do that. People are going to think you're crazy. 
or think you're weird at least, right? So your conscious mind's gonna be your nemesis, if you will. And I tell my students, you gotta ignore that. Who are you gonna listen to? You wanna listen to your loved ones and your guides in spirit? You gotta believe in them and not believe in what your chattering ego conscious mind is saying because it doesn't know about the other side. It's only programmed to believe in what it believes, which is right here, the physical world. So in its view, the other side is dangerous, it's not real, and you're crazy if you go to <clears throat> explore it. So we have to override that. And I always tell people you have to start with your fears of the supernatural because there's so much, you know, <laughs> people are just so confused about the afterlife. They have a lot of fear they've been programmed with. And you got to be, if you're not comfortable with that, take your time. Work out that. Work out your fear. Work out your fear about the supernatural. Um, but be careful because there are a lot of books out there that are not telling the truth. So that's the challenge we have right now, especially in the age of AI. There's a lot of books being pumped out that have no basis in fact. So how are you going to know? You know, what's real? And that's even more reason why, in my opinion, we do best to connect directly and let the other side give us the proof. Like they yeah. can do that in, in different ways, like saying something that we forgot, like, oh, yeah, you used to say that, didn't you? Or, or, or telling us something that might happen because they can do that. They have done that. All kinds of things. And or sometimes to me, the most powerful way really is that just the love that they can project that you cannot make up. I mean, if everybody could sit at home and feel this love wash over them, wouldn't everybody do that? Wouldn't everybody imagine that? Wouldn't they create it? No, sorry. You can't just conjure that up. You can open up and feel as good as you can feel, but they're going to come in if you're open to that. And, and then you'll have your proof. So my evidence is more that. You know, that I feel this love around me. And, I f and he's talking to me like all the time. Sometimes I'll say, can you just be quiet? <laughs> Especially when I'm watching a movie. Don't tell me the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to tell you. He goes, yeah, but that person, I go, don't tell me. Don't tell me the end. Or he'll tell me, why are you watching this movie? It's kind of stupid. <laughs> I wouldn't say that to myself. I chose the movie, right? But of to course. hear him say this voice go, I don't know about this movie, Pam. All right. You can choose the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So you can, I know you, we can have this real relationship with that kind of back and forth, but they're not going to be in body. I think that's the first thing people have to accept that could be hard because our physical body obviously misses their physical body. But I'll take this over not having him. I'll take this any day over believing and thinking and living as if I'm on my own, completely cut off, okay, because I know how that feels. And this has opened me up more spiritually, even though I was already open. Mm -hmm. I feel more alive. Um, people say I look younger. I'm happier, even though he's passed. Even my friend Swati, who I just mentioned, she used to joke and say, yeah, people, people won't know what to say. Should they say, oh, you have my condolences. Oh, congratulations, too, <laughs> because, because it really yeah. is both. I'm sorry you lost his body, but isn't it great that you get to have this new relationship? I go, yeah, it is like that. There, there is 100%. a blessing in this. You know, if he had to leave, and obviously he had to leave, it was his time, Yes, this is a gift. Yes, this is a blessing. And I, I just want people to know if they're having any sort of contact, they're not making it up. 
they're not crazy because I talk to some of these people all the time. They come into my Facebook groups, Soulmates in the Afterlife, or they email me. I have people emailing me all the time saying all these things are happening to them and they thought they were crazy until they read our book. And I know this is real. I know these people are not crazy, you know, because I interact with them. They go, these are not crazy people. Crazy people are just going to babble about this and go off on their own. You know, they're not going to email somebody or come come to a group and interact with us. So it's happening to people and it concerns me and sometimes really upsets me that they're getting bad information from people who should know better. Some of them are maybe well-meaning but, but uninformed mediums or psychics also, you know, who tell them, no, you're, you cannot continue your relationship with your loved one. You have to let them go. You're holding them back. And Alma said, that's, that's not true. Nonsense. And I have evidence of, of many people. I have almost 200 people in our academy. They're not holding, we can't hold them back. We're not that powerful. They can kind of transition and come back and continue to interact with us. If they couldn't do that, why, how could they come through a medium? Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> and if they true. want us to let them go, why would they come through a medium to begin with? They would just come through with one message and say, I love you. Now let me go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be the message? I'm okay. I'll see you later. I love you. Goodbye. If that was really what was required or important or necessary, they would do that. Alice said, of course we would do that if that is the best and that is necessary. But they don't, not all of them. Some of them might because the soul has its plan. And so the loved one who's still here in a body, that might not be part of their plan. So this is not for everyone. We're not saying everyone should continue their relationship with the veil or that they can. It really depends. But when I'm asked, how do I know if my partner wants to continue? I'll say, well, if you're, if you're here in our group anyway, it's really likely you were guided here by your loved ones or your guides. Because, because so many people tell me that. They'll say, I don't know how I found you, but I somehow found you. Because I know spirit can do that. So I said, what do you have to lose by at least seeing where this goes, even if it just brings you closure? And yeah, in some cases, they may bring you another partner. But when I hear mediums tell people kind of routinely that, yes, your, your husband, your partner um, is going to bring somebody to you, like, like that's their default advice. That just (laughs) really upsets me because that's not necessarily the case. And besides, why tell somebody who's grieving that their partner, because you're basically saying they want you to move on, right? Why tell them that? I've had people tell me they were devastated and went into more grief and depression. To me, that is really unconscionable because you don't know what that client might do. They might take their life. You just told them that they can never connect and they need to let them go and now they don't they feel like i thought i don't have any options i'm alone here like i guess that's it right i i can't i tell you how many times i've heard that and that's just wrong alan said to me if the loved one in spirit knows that well they are meant to move on right and and that they cannot this is not part of their soul's plan he said why would they have to tell the medium that to tell them to move on? They would just bring that person into their life 
And then, and then the client might go to medium and say, I have feelings for this person that I just met and I don't know what to do about it. I think I'm falling in love, right? Then the medium could say, oh, your loved one brought him, them to you and they, they want you to be happy. Then you're leaving the client in a better position of accepting that. Whereas now you're saying your partner's going to bring you somebody, oh, I don't know when, but for now, you know, that's it for you, right? He says that we would do that is what he's saying. We would never tell our loved ones something that we know is going to devastate them and cause them more grief. Why would we ever do that? Of course. Even if they should move on. He that says, so sense. he says, he said, he's, he's upset about that too. He said, they should never say that. They think they're helping. And he says to me that a lot of mediums are taught that that's what they should tell people. They think it's going to console them. No, it's going to make them in some cases suicidal. Mm-hmm. And some of them, he's saying to me, are having contact and told that that's not happening or that their loved one is earthbound or that, again, they have to let them go. And so I don't hear too many mediums encouraging this. Um, I have a few friends who are mediums and they understand. And one person actually did experience how strong they are on the other side, even though they have crossed over, they're not earthbound, when he was gave a reading to someone who's in our academy. And he was shocked, this medium, because he said, oh my God, it's like your husband is is here. It's almost like he's earthbound, but I know he's not. But he's so strong with you constantly. And she said, yes, I'm in Pam and Alan's academy program. And he says, well, whatever they're doing is working because he's so there. You know, and then later this same medium who I became friends with eventually, he has done readings for many of our our students and people in our group. And he says he sees the difference. He says all the people who've studied with us in the academy, their partners are so strong there, he said, is quite remarkable. And he says, yeah, they're not earthbound. He says they're they're here. They're just strongly engaged because we're engaging. We're connecting. We're talking to them. Alan says that gives them more energy to be in the 3D world. Because if we're not engaging, it's like, well, there's nothing for them to draw on. You know, it's just the same like the angels say, you know, they need a conduit, right? Like they can't just come down and <laughs> do their thing. It's like you have someone channels their energy or, or their messages or what have you. Then they come through and, and the other side can you know, be here with us, but they need to be open to us. We can't just be walking around oblivious. Then there's no engagement. There's no interaction. How is that going to strengthen? There's no, there's no line of communication. So that's the key. But, um, yeah, I get so riled up when people tell me that a medium told them that, you know, partner's bringing them somebody and that's not what they want. Or maybe they're just not ready to hear that. Like, I, I don't know going on with that but I, I, I sometimes get on a rant about it I because the one thing I can never stand is seeing people hurt who don't need to be hurt you know like that this doesn't need to happen and and again please don't get me wrong so my best friends are mediums but there are a lot of crappy mediums right now okay that's just how it is and people in the industry who are who are authentic they know this so today it's harder than ever to find a legit medium who really is, as Alan, 
as I told you, Alan doubted sometimes if the medium was really talking to the deceased or just reading their energy. So he, because he knew he could do that. He knew he could do that. So he said, if I can do that, other mediums can do that. Do they know they're doing that? He goes, probably a lot of them don't. Mm -hmm. But the, 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 let's say, the pressure to perform as well as the mediums you see on Netflix, etc., is so intense that you know they're going to reach for anything to try to give you information because also they don't want to refund you. <laughs> let's just be let's just be real. They don't want to give you your money back, which they should if they're not really connecting. Yeah. So the, the the pressure to just give you something that you will accept is intense. We don't know if they're reading really reading their aura or talking to them um, directly. I did have a reading with one medium who I know was talking to Alan. He got, but he was telling her all the opposite things. <laughs> and it was like he was testing her. And to her credit, she didn't read him. She was talking to him, but she got frustrated because I said, no, I can't accept that. No, I can't accept that. <laughs> and I realized later he was testing her. And he also, it turned out he didn't like her. That's another reason why they don't always come through a medium. They might say, I don't like this person. I feel comfortable about them. He didn't like her. He says, she has too much ego. Yes, she can talk to me. Yes, she can do that. He says, but her heart's really closed. And I said, yeah, I can feel that. He says, she's not really in a loving place. And he says, I just don't want you to talk to her. But yes, she can hear me because I'm communicating with her. But that's, it's not enough. You said the client should feel the sense of love and peace from the medium herself, themselves. And he says that this person doesn't have it. So this is why it's kind of a tricky thing in our view. And, um, you know, it's just something to be aware of. And I've had people who have gone to a lot of mediums who come to us. We have people who've come work with us who never went to a medium. And said, you know, my partner said they wanted only to talk to me. Yes, and I've had people say they went to a medium and the medium said, yeah, your partner says they don't want to come through me. They want to talk to you. <laughs> because maybe because they know they can. <laughs> and so. the other thing is, you know, and we talk about trusting ourselves and trusting our spirits, you know, to give us the right information. And I think that's, you know, that makes it, I think, a little bit, in my experience anyway, and this is, you know, when I'm teaching people, we tend to trust ourselves less when we're connecting with our own people. Yes, because, with our own. You know, we've, we've got this term evidential mediumship. So we're always looking for right. the evidence or the proof, you know, to prove to somebody. But like we know so much about our own loved ones that, you know, you're, you're always right. looking for that evidence that you maybe somebody has to go away and ask another family member or something, you know. So when you're connecting directly with your loved ones, it, it makes it harder because you're like, okay, well, I already knew that. So is this my imagination? You know, am I just remembering but, stuff? But that's why I think we should place the emphasis on when it's partners on, on actual physical experience, because they can give that. I have talked to several people who have had, in, let's say, intimate contact with their partners. We're talking, you know, again, partners, and I hope we're all adults here to talk about that, you know, like spontaneous, let's say, pleasure that just happens, and you, you name it. Okay, I know people are having physical contact through the veil. I mean, what more evidence do you need? <laughs> like, you can't make that up. You know, yeah. try and sit down and just do that. <laughs> you know, make yourself. <laughs> and, and I know people who were strongly religious, let's say Christian, 
and all of a sudden felt their partner attempting to make love with them and they were not they were like shocked like am i losing my mind okay so what i feel what alan has told me is the other side is getting stronger and because humanity is raising its consciousness and no not everybody's there not everybody's going to go there that doesn't matter but as more and more people raise up their consciousness and open up to these things it makes it easier for everybody else too right and it also means we're getting closer to the threshold that separates us from the other side mm -hmm. so it makes contact easier it means they have it easier to come through, right? They still have to lower their vibration, as you know, and they can't be here physically, but it means that they, it's, it's just easier, contact is easier. And I think we're seeing already, and gonna continue to see more contact through the veil, because this is something that has been developing for a while now, as we know. I mean, now mediumship is more accepted by people, and it's just gonna, he says, he's telling me now it's gonna go through the roof. Okay, people are going to start opening up more clairvoyantly and go, oh my God, what am I seeing? You know, and they're going to think they're crazy. So we're here to tell people, you're not crazy. The other side is ramping things up. Why? Because we're living in such a critical time, as I think we can all agree. And spirit always comes through stronger when the planet is in crisis, when we're in trouble, mm. right? They did that before World War One during World War II, why do you think all the rise of mediumship happened around that time, right, with the taps and raps on the walls and, you know, the Fox sisters in New York and all that, the whole history of mediumship. Why do you guys think that happened? It's because we were in a crisis mode, and now it's like DEFCON 5, you know, if you're in the U.S., it's like we're in panic mode right now. So they're here to help us, to assure us that there's no death, and to guide us. Most of all, Alan says, they're here to love us so we don't feel alone, we don't feel lost. And if we can hear the guidance of our higher self, which has always been attempting to lead the way, life can become easier. I don't mean it's gonna be perfect, it's not gonna be a bed of roses, that's not what we signed up for, but it can be easier and it can certainly be filled with love and it can certainly get your evidence that way. So I tell people, don't look for the, sure, it's great if you get you know, confirmation of information, but get the direct experience because I've, I've known people, or at least one person, who could clearly see her partner, okay, clearly clairvoyant, but she couldn't talk to him and couldn't you know, hear him. And so you gotta go with what skill you have, what ability you have, because everyone's psychic, everyone's intuitive. But know that, you know, they're going to meet us halfway. And we just have to trust and believe and give them that in order for them to build on. He said to me, our trust, faith, and belief give them the energy to come through, whereas our, our trust, our fear, our disbelief just closes the door. So, because it's all vibration. And so, if you want contact, I always tell people, you need to go all in. Who cares? You're not going to tell anybody about this. You don't need, you know, you, you don't have to prove anything right off the bat. You just say, okay, I'm going to believe and see what happens. Keep track of it. Notice what you're getting. Don't assume it's a coincidence. There are no coincidences. This reality is orchestration, <laughs> complete orchestration. Nothing is happening by accident. So once people get that, then... And all possibilities open up. Yeah. 
that's been my experience like there's so much for people to break down in that but you know i think <laughs> but you know i think that there's so much in there and it's su- it's such important information you know because people do feel like they have to go to a medium you know but we can look for the signs we can talk to them ourselves we can see what they give us so very quickly tell us about your academy is this online to for first yes of all, it's a, it's an online so what it, let me just briefly, I mean, they can find out about it on our website, supernaturallove.com, two L's, supernaturallove.com. They can also subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm going to start live streaming, teaching their live every Saturday beginning sometime this month. I don't know if, if I can get it ready by this Saturday, but certainly this month I'll be live streaming teaching live. I'm so committed. We are committed to letting people know that they can make contact without going to a medium. I mean, it, they can benefit going to a medium. I mean, I think that's a place to start. But I'd rather somebody who, if they can't find a reputable medium, don't even go down that road because I've seen too many people damaged by a bad reading. Mm-hmm. So, because they think that's it. You know, they had a bad reading. The medium told them they need to let their loved one go and now they're depressed. And it's like, So I'd rather that's people, I tell people, be discerning. Go, you know, seek out somebody that you get a recommendation from. If you can't get that, don't get one because you your the odds are against you that you're going to get a quality reading that is accurate and yeah genuine that they're really talking to your loved one today it's especially with social media it's really hard to be 100 percent sure so and i'm sorry what were you asking me again <laughs> like about the academy, academy so the academy yeah. is is a it's a private subscription membership program where basically we have something happening every week i i teach there live at least three usually four times a month and and in those i coach people that we have a lot of information i have a lot of videos classes we are soon going to be doing a i think we're going to run it eight seven day well one week channeling um kind of a challenge like a workshop free workshop that people can join and we're going to walk them through learning how to connect and channel their loved ones. It could also be for their guys, but, but our Facebook group is where that's happening. And, and in that group is for partners and spouses. That's why I want to live stream to YouTube so that people who are not a partner or spouse can hear what we have to teach. But because in our, in our Facebook group, that's a private community. I intend for it always to be only for partners and spouses so, so that it's a smaller, intimate space. Well, right now we're almost 2,700. It's not maybe that intimate, but, but, um, but it's where we have a community and people are sharing with each other because we, we want to keep the trolls out. I actually reject probably half of the people who request because I'm rather particular and I want to protect the energy of the space so but our academy is where people have found I've had people find me on YouTube and immediately join my academy they go I know this is what I want I know you can help me so in our academy that's what that is we have about close to 200 people they don't all show up for our meetings but every meeting is recorded sometimes I go as long as three hours to to do what I call a hot seat mini session with our students where I'll dive deep like they're having an issue with their loved one and we'll work on that figure out what's going on and everybody loves those sessions because they all learn from each other of what they're going through and I've had people share amazing experiences in that academy because again it's a more private space so so they're helping each other 
and inspiring each other. I learn from them as much as they learn from me. And I'm also just recently started to do healing in my group because I am a healer. And in our book, there's several chap couple chapters where we talk about how Alan and I do healing together um, through the veil, actually, and with people in a body and on the other side too, I guess. But but I'm doing healing. We're doing healing in our academy, and we just had our first kickoff of that recently. And I almost went four hours, like teaching them how to heal themselves and others and having them practice that and then doing a group healing because I like to use the group energy because it's so powerful because the other side's coming through too so everyone's partners and loved ones are there and we use that group energy for the group healing and then I worked one-on-one -on -one with some people and worked on their conditions so because as you might imagine if somebody's chronically ill their their vibration is just going to take a hit you know, you're struggling with something chronically and you're always feeling crappy and, and you're not well. Or, you know, so we, we Alan said, we got to start working on people, you know, in the academy. And, and even in, in the YouTube, I will probably do some healing things on YouTube. Because that's, that has always been really my primary interest was healing. I'm a Reiki master. I've trained about 104 Reiki masters in the past uh, eight years, I think, right now, eight years. So, but I don't do Reiki anymore. I don't train people in Reiki anymore. But, yeah, so we add that to the mix. Let's see what else we do. We have group sharing where people just get to meet everybody, kind of meet and mingle, and then they practice what we learn. They've learned from us, like maybe practice channeling and, and sharing and, and just supporting each other. So it's a beautiful thing. And, and we're still improving the academy, but all the content is held in a website that they have access to. So many of our students go in there and we listen to the recordings because I tell them, I said, each recording opens the door to the other side. And I know that might sound wild to some people. Even our book, by the way, I've had friends tell me who weren't even trying to connect with a loved one, they'd go, something is with that book because I started hearing my guides really <laughs> strongly. <laughs> and other people in our group, they'll tell you that they, they have had connections happening because of reading that book. I have one person, a couple people read through the book to, they'll ask their lo loved one for a, a message, you know, what bibliomancy is, you know, using a book to get messages from the spirit world. And they'll thumb through the book and they'll land on a page and go, oh, that's what they're trying to tell me. This is perfect. So, so it does, Alan said our book would open a portal to the other side. So I just took him at his word. Okay, fine. And, and I've gotten confirmation from people that, yeah, there's something about that book. It just, it just started feeling my partner more. So if that happens, great. And if it doesn't, well, well. But, you know, that's just an added thing to the book. He's just laughing now. He's going, we should double the price of that book, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not. Right now, the ebook version right now is only 99 cents because that's how much we want people to read the book. And if you, it might go up. So, you know, don't, he's saying, don't get mad at us if we raise the price. But 99 cents is what it is right now. And, uh, but most people end up going uh, to buy the, uh, at least the paperback, because that one, you know, is, is, is a painting, the cover is a painting that he created from the spirit world with a friend of mine who's a medium, and she's a digital artist. So he took a painting of his as the backdrop, and then put 
photos of him and I uh, for taken for our first wedding on the cover and then the light is there beaming on us anyway it's it's there and it's pretty magical I originally I was going to go with some other design and he said no it should be my painting and I go what <laughs> <laughs> it should be my painting he said He's so he I said yeah, you're right you're right he says okay and he he wanted to make the cover so it was designed professionally but he had input as to the elements of it and so it does make it more magical because it's his hand in it it's his choices of images and and it's his painting and he was a very gifted artist so and so you know, it's it one of a like kind you listen to him more now than you did when he was alive <laughs> for those listening you won't be able to see her face but yeah she's kind of nodding <laughs> isn't it funny that we, do, we take them more at their word after they've passed but look i don't want to keep you on forever because um you know you've given us so much information and i totally resonate i know people couldn't see me i was nodding and smiling with everything that pamela was saying <laughs> because you know i've said all these things in the past but it's so nice to hear it from a different perspective you know and the whole thing with and i just i had a rant on a podcast a couple of weeks ago about people being told by mediums you know or oh, you have to send your brother to me because i have a message for him or you have to send your friend to me because i have a message so you know what same yeah you know and this happens a lot where they're saying you have to send somebody else if spirit have a message they'll just give it to you right which is exactly what happened with alan you know he just if he wants you to know something I, he will just tell you i had people in my academy who get messages for other people in my academy from the person's loved one say oh your husband told me to tell you because they're all in our academy and it's like the other side their partners are all kind of in cahoots with each other all talking to each other and they'll go well tell my wife that so and they'll pass on the message oh yeah your husband said to tell you this oh oh yeah okay i wasn't paying attention to that it's, it's so funny that they'll come through they don't have to go to a medium i mean no, nothing wrong don't. with going to a medium but no i'm just saying no, if it's, the spirit has something to say, they're going to say it. They're not going to oh, hold yeah. back. They're not going to say, this person has to go to that medium over there and blah, 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 And blah, they're blah. trying to tell them too. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're not like thinking, they're thinking they're making it up. And so yeah. I tell people that if, a, if a information just pops in out of nowhere, please understand that is 99% of the time, that's the other side. Yeah. You know, if, the, if a message just comes in, it's going to be benevolent from your guide, maybe from your loved one, but it's not you just no. all of a sudden thinking some, some message, yeah, <laughs> unless you're yes. already thinking of that. You know, it's. I mean, it, it makes total sense to me. So, just to get this right, so the group on Facebook, which I will link in the description box attached for people who have lost their, their partner or their spouse, um, is just for spouses and partners. But we do have some people in there who are not, but they've been kind of grandfathered in, so to speak, or they're students of mine. I've been teaching for many, many years. through are people who follow me for spiritual development, and they haven't yet lost a partner, but they, they, they really trust and believe in our teachings. So, so I have a lot of clients from before and Alan's clients that are in our group. But most of them now, the new people, there are mostly you know, partners and spouses and that's why we want to be on uh, YouTube so I can reach all the other people because it's very similar to everybody who wants to develop 
anybody can join the academy. If some, I have people in my academy join our academy who are trying to connect with their um, their son or their mother, um, some other loved one through the veil. I have a couple of people join who just want to spiritually grow, and they were very drawn to work with us. So fine, but anybody's welcome to join the academy. But that that other Facebook group primarily is for spouses and partners because there's such huge interest in this subject a good one of my best friends he runs a facebook group that is has six hundred thousand people in it and that's only happened in the last uh that explosion of growth maybe in the last i want to say five months i mean it it started at 2000 something not too long ago and it's now at 600 uh, he'll probably hit a million that's too big a group but (laughs) but it's kind of crazy and they're all at different levels and they're all of different beliefs and some people in there are just there to stir up trouble so when when you're talking about a group of people who are grieving I feel very protective Mm -hmm. towards people like that this is not an ordinary group in my view so one strike and somebody's out if somebody says something inappropriate they're gone you know they're gone i have moderators who are passionate about about supporting people because they're in the same you know boat like we i am and everyone in aruba so so we have a very loving and tight community and i have some really great people backing me up backing up the people in the group but yeah that group is the facebook group is just for partners and spouses the other way to interact with us is on youtube where we'll be more um yeah yeah. And so I will put the links, uh, link to your website and to your Facebook group in the description box attached so people can look up uh, about the Academy and that on your website. And of course, your book, because Alan helped you, you know, you co-wrote a book with him, even though he was in spirit, you know, he gave you this information. So she's written. There is a book there about uh, your story and about Alan's perspective on it. So all the information yes. on that is on your website as well. Uh, we've received very positive response from people who've read it. You'll see their reviews on there. I think today, as of today, there's 68 reviews. And they, a lot of people said that to me that the book actually saved their life because they didn't know somebody else was having the same experience. So Spirit told me to write that book. It kind of wrote itself, uh, really. It just kind of wrote itself and I was telling my story alone yeah we Mm -hmm. all feel like we all feel at the time that we're we're the only one in the world who's ever had this grief but you know when when you connect with someone that has been through it and come out the other side it kind of gives you hope doesn't it and I guess that's a lot of what the group is about as well yes absolutely So, Pamela, I mean, it's such an amazing and unique experience, you know, the the relationship that you have with Alan, you know, even now, I mean, it's taken these two years since he's passing to, to build it up. Oh, well, it's three years now, isn't it, right, since he's passing? Well, we're, we're, yeah, this year we'll make, um, this year we'll make four years. Yeah. He died, yeah. he died on his birthday. Oh. I tell people that they're what, they're like, what? I said, yeah, he said when he crossed over, he said, I chose my birthday to tell people it is, you can't, you, everyone chooses their death. And he made, he, he died, he died like at eight o'clock at night. If he had timed it just one hour later, by the time the death, the death was called by the nurse, the hospice worker, he would have been the next day. He waited to the last minute that he knew that, that, 
that it would register as he passed on his birthday. That's what he said when he crossed over. And he immediately, the day of his death was the most crazy thing. He was, because he was at home in a hospital bed. He was, he had had an injury, a uh, hip fracture, but he was in decline. And the doctor said, yeah, he's, he's leaving. And, and he, it was his birthday. And I, when I woke up, I leaned over in the hospital bed in our home. And I said, I hope you're not thinking of dying on your birthday. That would just be so like you. I'll, don't do that or I'll kill you, right? Because <laughs> I knew he would laugh at that. And I went later, uh, later that day, I went to get my hair cut because this was during the pandemic and they just opened up the hair salons and all the places. And so my hair was in bad need of cutting. So I thought I'd go get a haircut. So I go to get my hair done. And when I walked out of the hair salon, I was overwhelmed with this joy. It was like everything was bright and I felt this joy and elation. I said, I must be losing my mind. I have nothing to feel happy about. What is this? And it stayed with me that whole day. I was like, this is strange. I felt this peace. I felt so happy. And when he passed, after he passed, I realized that was him because he was already transitioning he was already kind of getting himself out there and he wasn't happy to leave but he wanted to get out of his body he was 83 when he died mm -hmm. and he was tired of being old and and he just was elated so when when that happened i realized i was feeling him and and after that i started feeling him even more like i just and i'm not at that time anyway i was not a feeling person i was really shut down emotionally for various reasons and he said i have to bring you back to life i'm dead but you're the one that's really dead because i'm now fully alive and you're dead but i have to bring you back to life or else i can't connect with you so he proceeded to do that and that's why i said his communication with me a lot of it was very emotional it was really like like heart-based and and I would just know things. And, and in the book, I talk about how one day during meditation, I saw him come in with a big bouquet of roses and he put them in my lap and he knelt down and he said, you know, I love you. I'm so sorry for everything. I let you down, that kind of thing. And I was, I was, I was just stunned. And then I came out of meditation and I walked through my home, which is just story a house a tri triplex and all the windows are closed because this is in the winter at the well i'm sorry summer but i had the ac on that's right i had the ac on all the windows are closed and every room smelled of flowers every single room smelled of flowers not quite roses it felt like some otherworldly flowers because i never smelled flowers like that but the bathroom smelled of flowers the office smelled of flowers my place is just a thousand square feet the kitchen, every room smelled of flowers. And then after about maybe 15 minutes was gone. And all the windows were closed. And I live in the city. There's no flowers yeah. <laughs> in my neighbor's yards. There's no flowers. You know, there's barely any grass because it just houses all packed together in Honolulu. Nobody has a rose garden. <laughs> Nobody has anything. And the windows were closed anyway. So... So that's why I say the proof can be not in information, but in other visceral ways, like like that, like smells, um, with all kinds smells. of things. Moving up, yeah. Alan moves objects. He made my phone call my friend. He opened the he closed the cur he closed the curtains in my bedroom, 
the other morning because I opened the curtains and I came back and I said, hey, wait a minute. And I go, what are you doing? And he, he was all excited about something. We were, I don't remember what we were doing. The curtains. <laughs> and I know it's him. I know I didn't close the curtains. I know I didn't turn the light on. I live by myself. Sure. And I, I can't close the curtains from across the room on the other side. No, you can't. He's moved things. They all can do that. They all are doing that, at least to a lot of people in our academy. Okay, And they're getting stronger. A lot of them are getting stronger yeah. because they're studying with Alan while, while I'm talking to them you know, in real time in our class. He says, we're studying on the other side at the same time. And actually, other mediums have told some of our students that very same thing. They said, what's going on? I see you're in a class, but your husband is in a class on the other side too. That's what he's saying. <laughs> your husband yeah. is in a class. And Alan mm -hmm. says, yeah, because they got to learn. They all are learning how to come through and how to make contact and how to be better at this. And they're, they're doing it. They're amazing. doing it. So. Absolutely amazing. Pamela, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us and oh, you know, for all the information you. that um, that you've given to our listeners, because that's going to help so many people because, you know, there's so many people out there and especially, um, you know, the last few years, we've, you know, a lot of people have lost people through the pandemic. Um, so, you know, the grief out there is real um, at the moment. So I hope that a lot of people is go are going to find that very helpful. If they want to contact you more about more information, I will put your details in the description box attached and they can um, contact yes. you directly through the website. Okay. Yes, thank you so much. Let them know on the YouTube channel, there are a lot of videos about this subject. I've been chronicling it for all this time. So, and there'll be more videos coming up. I have a whole ton of information we're going to be uploading to the channel because I want I want everyone to know this and I want the, the basic information to be free because like you said there's so many people grieving and this isn't necessary you can start to connect with them you don't even have to be in our academy if you want to join us great we can help you but I'm happy if people can take what I teach and run with it and because really it's time for grief to be gone and for people to understand, you can stay in touch. You just have to believe and trust and go forward. Absolutely. But if you need help with that, we can do that in the academy. And, and I see, because people do, in our academy, I see that people still struggle. They still have their moments. They don't have people who support them in their life. And, and if you don't have other people to share this with, this is going to be really tough. Because you need to be able to talk about it to make it real in this world for you. If it's all you internally experiencing it, doesn't mean it's not real, but you don't have anybody to confirm it, right? To share it with you and say, that's amazing. And especially if that person can say, oh, and that's happening to me too. Isn't that great? They can do that, right? We need that. We need to come together in communities to really break through our programming. It's really hard to do this on your own. I know I, tr I, know I, I couldn't do this if I was on my own. And I'm an intuitive with 37 years experience. So <laughs> I don't see how so anybody can do it. On don't expect to do it straight away. Pamela, right. thank you so thank much. You. Okay. And um, I hope that we'll talk to you again in the future on the Life After Life podcast. That would so be wonderful. Go, yeah, I'd love it. Um, yeah. And yeah. I'll, I'll come out to Hawaii to do that in person, obviously. <laughs> So, just so let guys, me know sandy i will of course so thank you for listening guys and i will see you in the next episode of life after life so until then take care and stay safe discussing everything about the afterlife and spirit